All right, today we're going to be dealing with a topic that has received a lot of attention over the, in the church for all of my life. Heard a lot about the concept of rapture, and, uh, and I'm sure many of you have as well. There's biblical scholars who've spent years studying the prophecies into the future. Um, I personally believe that we're in a day of revelation, meaning that many of the things that we couldn't understand 20 years ago are now being uh, fulfilled in front of our eyes and we have a greater understanding the further we go. So it's an exciting time. Um, on this subject, I won't get into it necessarily too deeply, that there are basically three positions, biblical positions about when the Lord is going to return in an eastern sky position, not to the earth but to the sky, and he will call forth those of his believers, those who are followers of his. That he will be bringing them or catching them out. And the other word that we use is rapture. To be called out at a particular time when that occurs. These many theologians have studied this. Um, and have come up with three basic positions. And I want to just share those basic with you. I'll share with you in a minute where I am at this point in my study of this uh, journey. But this cannot be a, a fellowship dividing issue. Because at the end of this time, you may say, I think that one's the best position, or this one, or that one. And you would be in good company, whatever you chose. <clears throat> but I'll share with you what mine is in just a little bit. Um, we're going to try, as best I can, to let the Scripture explain the Scripture. But when I do get to what men are saying or proposing, let me separate that from without limit truth. When we're teaching God's word, that's just truth. But when I start getting into some speculation, let me say, this is what some men may say. You understand what I'm saying? I don't want to be confused or get you confused about what's coming. So, I hope you found 1 Thessalonians chapter 4. And like we do here, I'm going to ask you, you know you stood a lot, but would you stand in honor of God's word? Chapter 4, starting in verse 13. Brothers, we do not want you to be ignorant about those who fall asleep. I always, this, this is, let me, it's bad to interrupt this just a minute. But I was at a WMU conference and they said, this is the theme for WMUs. It said, brothers, it had the word, ignorant brothers, we would not have you. And they all said, amen. I'm just, so let me bring it back to where we are now. Brothers, we do not want to keep ignorant about those who have fallen asleep. Or to grieve like the rest of men who have no hope. We believe that Jesus died and rose again. And so we believe that God will bring with Jesus those who have fallen asleep in him. According to the Lord's own word. We tell you that we who are still alive and who are left till the coming of the Lord. Will certainly not precede those who have fallen asleep. For the Lord himself will come down from heaven with a loud command. And with the voice of the archangel. And the trumpet call of God. And the dead in Christ will rise first. And then after that we who are still alive and are left will be caught up. That's the word that we get the word rapture from. Caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And so we will be with the Lord forever. Therefore encourage each other with these words. Lord we're going to ask you today please speak life, truth and revelation to each of our hearts, Lord, as we come to know you better and your plan. 
We just ask you, Lord, as the Spirit to be our teacher. And it's in your name we pray. Amen. As I was preparing for this a couple of months ago, I polled some of our uh, Springfield Big Church pastors. If I called their names, you would know them. Uh, great men of God. And I asked them, where are you on this position? What do you, what's your position on the rapture or the calling away? And so I got three, a couple of different uh, responses. One said, he's, I'm a consummationist. I honestly didn't know what that meant. But I said, okay, well, but what do you mean by that? He says, I believe there's the groom that's going to come to get the bride and there's going to be, there's going to be consummated marriage. As to when that happens, he didn't give me an idea what he thought that would be. Another pastor friend of mine said, I find myself a pre-tribulation rapture believer on Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. And on Tuesday, Thursday, and Saturday, I'm kind of a mid-trib believer. I said, okay. I said, that's very confident. Thank you. Dr. Herschel Hobbs, some of you older folks will remember Dr. Herschel Hobbs. He was a former president of the Southern Baptist Convention, and he helped write the Baptist faith and message that we build doctrine or our stand upon. And he thought that the rapture would not come until the very end of the tribulation. That it would be that the church would go all the way through to the end. So what I'm telling you, some very smart, learned, studied men have very different opinions on, on what this is. So the three main positions are this. We have the pre-tribulation rapture. It will be in that verse uh, in that belief, there will be a calling away as the eastern sky. The eastern sky, it says, will roll back. And there will, it's like a, the realm is opened and that the Lord will call those who are believers away. In this particular belief, this pos- position is that we would never know when that's going to happen. There's no way of knowing. It will just be a sudden calling away. <clears throat> it's a return in the sky. And this... In, Thessalonians we just read it says this after that we who are alive and left will be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air then they this belief says that there will be a second return of Christ this time to the earth the second coming of Christ represents when the Lord will actually come down to the earth and this believes at the end of the seven year period known as Daniel's 70th week, if you study prophecy in Daniel, that at that last seven years, that at the end of that seven-year time, Jesus will come down to the earth, and that will establish the thousand-year reign of Jesus upon the earth. So this is in in the concept of the pre-tribulation. It will will be completely by surprise because this verse is a theological stance for this position. No one knows the day or the hour, it says. And after the rapture, the Antichrist will be revealed and establish a seven-year time of peace. Say with me here. After the rapture, then the Antichrist is released or seen in this pre-trib position. I will tell you now, I am a hopeful pre-tribulation rapturist. Hopeful, but it's not my final position. Our, our, our current position, I should say. My current position is a mid-trib calling away. Unless I'll talk about it in just a moment. 
the identity in a, in a mid-tribulation rapture. So after the first three and a half years, there will be an event in the middle. We'll talk about it in just a moment. And that will signal, or somewhere near that time will be the signaling of the calling away. And if this one is true, we will know who the Antichrist is. The reason we would do that, we would know that is because we know that a peace treaty is going to be signed with Israel. At some point in our future, there will be a peace treaty signed by a strong world leader that will set up a time of peace. I believe it will be a false peace, but it will be a time of peace. There will be, uh, when this treaty is signed, it also, I believe that during this time also, the temple will be rebuilt on the temple mount. I was just talking to somebody before I came up here that how can that, how can that happen that there's going to be a, the rebuilt temple when the, the mosque is there. I don't have a clue. But I do know the scripture talks about some things that will be happening that will be in that rebuilt temple. So potentially this peace treaty will release or allow the temple then to be rebuilt. Uh, Christians will be aware in this position and will be waiting for the Lord's call just after a phrase called the abomination of desolation. You probably know, but back in history, there was a, a ruler at one time by the name of Antiochus Epiphanes. And Antiochus Epiphanes went to the Temple Mount and slaughtered a pig on the altar, on the altar there. It was called the abomination of desolation. And the scripture begins to say how that is a forerunner of an event that's going to be happening in our future when the Antichrist will stand in the Temple Mount and declare that he is God. I personally believe that he will say, I am Jesus, because he is the great deceiver. <clears throat> the calling away or the rapture will be on the following, and stay with me on this, I believe the rapture time will be on the following calling away of the church will be on in sometime in September, that's going to make you sit up and listen. <clears throat> the reason I'm saying that, in Leviticus chapter 23, just go with this reasoning with me just a moment. In Leviticus 23, there are seven feasts of God. A lot of people call them the feasts of Israel. No, they're the feasts of God because he is the one that established these feasts. Now, what I want you to stay with me through a line of thinking here just a moment. Passover is the first one mentioned. Do you understand Jesus fulfilled Passover when he was crucified? Would you agree with that? Jesus fulfilled Passover at, at the, when he was crucified. Unleavened bread was when Jesus was in the tomb. If you look at the date, the time, it's when he was in the tomb. The first fruits, the celebration of first fruits was when Jesus, it happened on the day of his resurrection. Do you see the pattern? In other words, you're going to begin to see where the feasts of God are the main events of Jesus' life, even down to Pentecost. The church was born. On the day of Pentecost, the church was born. So if you're staying with me, the first four feasts have already been fulfilled in Jesus. It might make sense to consider that the next three will also be fulfilled in Jesus because they've not yet been fulfilled. The trumpets, which is a 
September-ish event in the Jewish calendar. In the seventh trumpet, remember that passage it said, and the trumpet will sound, and I'll show you some other passages in a minute, but the trumpet will be the seventh trumpet of that will be sounding, and on that day, the church is going to be called out on the seventh trumpet. The day of atonement, I believe, will be the day of tribulation. It'll be the time when the bowls of judgment are poured out upon the earth. So the time of judgment will happen at the day of atonement, and then you've heard of tabernacles. Well, that will be fulfilled when Jesus returns and his tabernacles here with us for a thousand years play with that that'll mess up your mind for a while but think about that we'll look into that further a little more in detail in one of the last sessions of this series but I wanted you to start thinking about look at those major feast and festival days that were the major events of God through Jesus it very well could be it could be the same all the way through the end Revelation chapter 11, verse 15. I'll just read it to you. The seventh angel sounded his trumpet, and there were loud voices in heaven, which said, The kingdom of the world has become the kingdom of his Christ, and he will reign forever and ever. At the sounding of the seventh trumpet will be this congregation around the the throne. It says there in Romans, I mean Revelation. 1 Thessalonians, where we just read, For the Lord himself will come down from heaven in the loud command and with the trumpet call of God, and the dead will rise. Jesus the groom comes after the bride in 1 Corinthians 11, 12. I am jealous for you with a godly jealousy. I promised you to one husband, to Christ, so that you might present yourself as a pure virgin. And one more over toward the end in Revelation chapter 19, verses 6 and 8. It says, Then I heard what sounded like a great multitude like the roar of rushing waters and like the loud peals of thunder shouting, Hallelujah, that's the church, if you can imagine this. The church all being caught up and gathered around the throne. And what, what uh, John heard that day was a, sh- a massive shout of Hallelujah. Can you hear that? Multiply that like a billion times. And you heard this massive set shout from the church, Hallelujah, which is praise be to God, or a victory in battle. For our Lord God Almighty reigns. Let us rejoice and be glad and give him glory. For the wedding of the Lamb has come and his bride has made herself ready. So we get to see some end time events, many of them centered around this trumpet. I personally believe it is the seventh trumpet that's prophesied in the earlier part of Revelation. So here's how I see it. The first three and a half of the seven is called tribulation. Then we have the middle point, and it's called the abomination of desolation, followed by what I believe is called the great tribulation. The great tribulation is when the wrath of God is poured out upon the earth. And if you read that passage where the bowls or the vials are poured out, you will see not much of planet earth will be left at the end of that judgment. That's why... I believe that when we return back with the Lord out of Isaiah 61, that we will come back in, in new bodies. They won't be weak or sick or our bones won't be weak. We won't have diseases. We'll be strong uh, with an earthly, with a heavenly body. 
And when we come back, I think we'll be a part. If you read Isaiah 61, we'll be rebuilding cities, restoring those places that are long devastated. If you'll see what the church does, we come back and do a work. And earth at that point, during a thousand years, is fully restored back to an, uh, an Eden existence, type of Eden. I hear a little science fiction music going off in my head. But it's, there's a lot of stuff that's going to be happening in our future. Okay, now I'm going to weird you out just a little bit more. There are many students, and I'm going to do this as speculation or presentation, not necessarily as fact, okay? Because there are many that believe we have already lived through five of the trumpets of that Revelation talks about. Trumpet 1, Revelation 8, 7. There came hail and fire mixed with blood, and a third of the earth was burned up. A third of the trees were burned up, and all the grass was burned up. They believe, those who teach that, believe that World War I, with the scorched earth policy, was the fulfillment of Trumpet 1. Don't know. I'm not banking everything on that. I just want you to be, that's a presentation. Second trumpet, Revelation 8.8. 8. Something like a huge mountain of all ablaze was thrown into the sea. A third of the sea turned to blood. A third of the living creatures in the sea died. And a third of the ships were destroyed. And many say that that's World War II. With the nuclear bomb that fell in Hiroshima and, the, uh, and Nagasaki. 140,000 died of the bomb in 1939 to 1940. 60 million lost their lives during that war. So some people say that was the second trumpet. Third trumpet, some say, a great star, Revelation 8.10, a great star blazing like a torch fell from the sky and on a third of the rivers and on the spring of water. The name of the star is Wormwood. A third of the waters turned to bitter and many people died from the waters that had become bitter. They believe, those that teach this, believe that uh, Chernobyl the catastrophe in Chernobyl, because Chernobyl translated into English is wormwood. <clears throat> that when that, and it was about two weeks ago or three weeks ago, they were starting to release that contaminated water into the ocean. And it says at that point, uh, I don't remember the numbers of death, but it will be incredible. And we're we're also being impacted a bit by that, even today. <clears throat> Trumpet 4, Revelation 8, 12. It says, A third of the sun was struck with a th- and a third of the moon, a third of the stars, a third of them turned dark, a third of the day was without light, and also a third of the night. This is a little bit of a stretch for me, uh, to, to, but this is what they say. Uh, scientists believe, have discovered that sunlight reaching the earth has diminished by 10 to 37%. Uh, Take that as you will. I'm just telling you as they, they are presenting that at this point. Trumpet 5. Revelation 9, 1 through 11. I saw a star that had fallen from the sky to the earth. The star was given the key to the shaft of the abyss or the well. Smoke rose from it like smoke from a gigantic furnace. The sun and the sky were darkened by smoke from the abyss. Torture was to occur for five months. They had a king over them, the angel of the abyss whose name in Hebrew is Abaddon and in Greek Apollyon. They teach this may have been Saddam Hussein who was known by his people 
by those names. Terror and destruction, they're saying that the, the burning of the 800 wells created the smoke, the fires that burned continuously. I'm not, I'm not buying into this. Please hear me. I'm telling you just some possibilities that they're saying may have occurred that may have already, we may already be into trumpets is what they're pre presenting. <clears throat> I heard a voice, Trump, uh, trumpet six. I heard a voice, that, and none of them believe this has occurred. I heard a voice coming from the horns of the golden altar that is before God. It said to the sixth angel who had the trumpet, please, or release the four angels who are bound at the great Euphrates River, whatever is happening, will come out of that Euphrates area. And the four angels who had been kept ready for this very hour and day and month and year were released to kill a third of mankind. The number of the mounted troop was 200 million. World War I saw 16 million killed. World War II saw 40 million killed. If this number six is a third world war and a third of the population will be killed, 2.2 billion would be a part of this, uh, of this being fulfilled. So it almost have to be um, massive nuclear or something happened that would wipe out that many people on the planet. <clears throat> like they're saying, that would be a World War III and that has not occurred yet. Seventh trumpet. But in the days when the seventh angel is about to sound his trumpet, the mystery of God will be accomplished just as he announced to his several prophets. That is the calling away of the church going to meet the, the groom. So, I don't know. I'm telling you, that's speculation and I'm not betting or putting a whole lot of my stuff into that. I, the only reason I'm telling you those is to let you know that there is the possibility that, that trumpets are already have occurred. And if it's so, that kind of tells you that how close we are more to the end of the age which I believe that we are fairly close to the end of the age. <clears throat> but it says, in the midst of that first three and a half years, people will be saying peace and safety. That people is referring to an unbelieving population, not followers of Jesus. They will begin to say, finally, somebody came on the scene and has helped us create a place of safety on this earth. There's peace, there's no more threat or war. And it says, people will be saying those things, safe, we're safe, finally. But then will come on them suddenly, or destruction will come on them suddenly, as labor pains on a pregnant woman. And so middle of the three and a half years comes the last three and a half, which is the uh, wrath, the time of wrath. The reason I believe, primarily, a lot of reasons, but the reason I believe that mid-trib might be a possible strong solution is because the scripture says that we were not designed for wrath. God's people were not designed for wrath. In other words, we will not come under the wrath judgment of God. So that's, that's kind of the main position. Then the last one, real quickly, is the last people who do not believe there will be a rapture at all. It'll all happen when Jesus returns to the earth at the end of the tribulation period. I struggle with this one the most because of the verse that's found in 1 Thessalonians 5.9, which I just read to you. 
God did not appoint us to suffer wrath, but to receive salvation through our Lord Jesus Christ. We were not appointed to go under God's judgment. That was covered on, for us on the cross. So I, I'm very confident we will not be here in the time of the wrath of God, the judgment of God. <clears throat> but like I said, it, depending upon the trumpets and all of that if you're a pre-tribulation, at least keep your eyes open to the possibility that it's mid. Here's why. I don't want you to be shocked if these things started happening and you start saying, well, God didn't fulfill his word. Well, yeah, we may have just misinterpreted a bit. So I just wanna, I wanted to throw those things at you. And that's not normal for me to do a lot of speculation here. But I wanted you to hear that there's the possibility that we're near that time of the end. If those were some of the trumpets. How will Jesus come for the unbelievers? 1 Thessalonians 5.3 says, People were saying, peace and safety. Then destruction will come on them suddenly as labor pains on a pregnant woman and they will not escape. How will, people, how will the Lord come for believers? Same, same section, verse 4. You brothers are not in darkness. So that this day will surprise you like a thief. You're all sons of the light, sons of the day. Let us be alert and self-controlled. That's another reason I'm more mid. is because pre, it says you have no idea when it's going to happen. But this is saying you will see and you'll know and you'll be ready. I will just tell you this. When that peace treaty is signed, I personally believe it's the identifier of the last seven years. When that peace treaty is signed, we can almost, if the Lord doesn't call us out before, we will be able to directly tell, okay, seven years, is we're on a countdown now. And that will give us three and a half years to try to win as many people as we can. So you understand it changes the church at that point. Because we're not going to care about programs. We're going to talk about getting out and getting as many people to get to know the Lord because the time will be very, very short. So, like I said, you're, I'm sure, quite a lot smarter than I in a lot of these subjects. But I wanted to just kind of expand our mind just a little bit. The Lord is coming back. And he is going to call us away. That we do not get to precede those who are in the graves. It says that they will be changed in a moment and they'll be caught up to meet the Lord in the air. I don't think we're going to have a lot of time to think about it. Because it says in the twinkling of an eye, you'll be changed and caught up. To be with the Lord of Aaron. We get to shed this old earth suit. And you get a new one. Can't wait to see it. I told you mine's going to have a lot of hair. I just know it. And if the Lord has a sense of humor. It'll be on my back and out my ears. That's what it'll be. But it's going to be a great day. And the Lord is going to come. This, this place he told us from in scripture. That he's going to come again. And he says, then I'm going to receive you unto myself. That where I am, there you can be also. Remember that. So however that works out in the season of him calling us out. I believe one is a possibility. Two is a stronger one for me. Three, I don't think so. Of those three options. So it comes down to this. What do we do with this information? We'll just study and pray and look. And ask the Lord to continue to reveal so that. Because he, remember he says this, you're not like those of the darkness. You're not asleep. He says just be awake, pay attention, see the signs that he's prepared, and prepare your heart. 
And that's where we want to maybe end today. <clears throat> maybe the most important question, Vicki Command, that you could ask, have you given your heart to the Lord? If you're here trying to hear the things that are coming, I know this sounds a bit science fiction, some of this, and as we'll be teaching through it more, it's really amazing what's happening and what's going to happen. But the main issue is, have you personally made your life right by receiving Jesus, confessing sin and receiving him into your heart? If there's some doubt about that, I would, and this is not a scare tactic series, the scripture says you don't have to be worried, you believers. Don't worry, don't be anxious. I'm just telling you what you can see and what's going to come, but I'm going to rescue you out. But if you're not ready, worry. And today is the day of salvation. Right now is the time you can be accepted because we're still in the period of grace. If you have received the Lord, but you need to make a defining turnaround of your life and surrender your, the lordship of your life to Him, come and make an altar here somewhere. and Lay it all down. Say, God, I'm going to put everything before you. My life, my wealth, my house, my car, my wife, my husband, my kids. I'm going to put it all down before you because I want you to be Lord of me. Lord, would you please speak to us and where I've fumbled and failed or whatever may have happened on this day. I pray that anything outside of your perfect revelation will would just be washed away. And that your truth as your spirit spoke to us today will begin to speak to our hearts individually. Because, Lord, there may be some here who have wondered a long time if they're truly right with you or not. And they would want to come on this day to get it settled. Others came to the cross of Christ, but we've gotten up and walked away from the cross and taken up our own life again. And, Lord, some of us may need to just come and lay that down and get back right with you. Prepare us, Lord. Speak to our hearts. Give us courage and faith to walk as, what you've, as you've shown us to walk. 